so we're gonna do an intro and an outro today right totally i mean we never forget that never ah shit no i need to make a bit oh no haha <laughs> caught flat-footed sir <laughs> and me without my bits And no shaves or haircuts either. That could have been your bit. You fail. Mm. <laughs> your wife said very nice things about listening to our show. She did. I was I telling John a little bit about that. She doesn't even have to. Like, specifically does not have to. In fact, it was really funny because she was actually uh, vocally not... Um, enthusiastic about it at first and and then she started listening and she's like it's really good i'm like oh you could act half as surprised but cool 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 yeah yeah i was i was a little i won't say hurt but <laughs> uh incredulous maybe that she was um so surprised that it was good. I'd rather be surprisingly good than surprisingly bad. That, that right there. I want to thank all of you hangers on who are still here after us talking about ice and blood sugars and cocktails and uh, inappropriate tickling. We are. I thought that was bubble letting. Inappropriate bubble okay. letting. Okay. Call it what you want. <laughs> tickle the bubbles out um yeah so we are uber geek media we're going to be recording our live episode of in absentia last legs my name is steve i'm the gm i'm going to be running things tonight it's going to be a good evening Especially since I forgot exactly how we ended, and then I remembered it about 20 minutes before we started recording. So that's fine. I'm always good at this. So most of my most enjoyable sessions are by the seat of my pants. Starting to my, is it right on the screen? Yes, right on the screen, we've got Mark. Yeah, I'm Mark Sontag. I will be playing Sigrid, the Dragonborn Sorcerer. And Anne. Hi, I'm Anne. I will be playing the Kenku Rogue Story. And John. Hi, I'm John, and welcome to the only place on the internet where you don't need shoes or a shirt for service. I am <laughs> I play Quill, the uh, Tabaxi Wizard. And I will neither confirm nor deny the presence of pants on this podcast. If you listen to tonight's episode, you enjoy more, please give us a follow as we are growing our Twitch channel currently. If you want to go way back to the beginning, the first few episodes of our podcasts are out now wherever you listen to podcasts. If you wanted to shoot a donation to us to help us keep the lights on, you can go to www.ubergeekmedia.com and click the donate button. That would do a whole lot for our self-esteem. Or you can find us on our Patreon page, which is just Uber Geek Media. It's mostly set up. You can 
send us money now and we promise things. So that's pretty much what Patreon is from my understanding. So I'm not an expert. Last episode, we actually did a flashback to the past. And it's it's kind of appropriate because it was without Mark and Mark walked out of the room. There was a quick escape with a puppy. Uh, the two players that were there for last episode and then we can recap the episode where we were all there. What happened last episode with just John and Anne? John. Unfortunate things happened. I didn't follow the rules and Fillion lived. Incredibly fortunate things happened. It's true. We did find one of us. We did find dummy thick uh, dragon corn sorcerers. (laughs) Forgot about that. Mark, this podcast is going downhill when you when you're not around. Let me tell you, you know, last episode with you, we found smut and then there were dummy thick dragonborns all over the place. Last episode, it was. Wow. My glasses steamed up. In our flashback episode, we continued the story of uh, Fillion and Limeria. That's yeah. And we kind of bounced back between the two with Limeria. Traveling into the mountain range towards the Druid encampment and finding out about the uh, like military positioning and bolstering of this dragonborn sorcerer encampment and they decided to start floating back into high tower to push out the as we assume the attack by the burning hand or burnt hand burnt hand they past tense burnt. Uh, meanwhile fillion kind of watched things in gil ryan transpire until he saw the full might of a mixed band of like druid elders and military from high tower and some dragonborn sorcerers that were there come in and do basically nothing. So Fillion being the crotchety old man he is went down to talk to them and tell them off and they still did nothing. So he fired a lightning bolt at the bad guy. And everything worked out happily in the end. Yeah, hell kind of broke loose after that as the small, weird, creepy girl freaked out and sent her shadow children after basically everybody except for Fillion. And the bad guy tried to kill Fillion. Fillion escaped into this expanding darkness and saw some plot-interesting objects like occur that kind of explain some of the reason why Muriel is now a poor house-ridden god. Under house arrest. Yep. Gotta, can't get rid of that ankle monitor no no matter how hard she tries. They all happened with him. Lemuria had the children, tried to get the children to safety. Uh, Somebody did not think through giving a character children to protect and having them head in the opposite direction. But Lemuria did meet Maud. That's true. I forgot. I almost forgot about that. I had that in my notes, but yes. She also met many pretty dragon. 
so many pretty dragonborn. So many. Dummy thick. Mm-hmm. Jiggly. In all the right places. You're, yeah, you're not here. And So a couple things that kind of got uh, glossed over that I want to pinpoint from last episode. As Lemuria went into Hightower, Hightower was, this is the height, or was the height of Hightower before the attack happened. It was basically deserted except for a bunch of dead bodies and a few scattered survivors hiding one of which was a childhood mod. And we had this kind of touching moment that where Maud was watching the healers using different poultices and herbs to heal people. Also, last episode, we saw praises written in ash all over the buildings, all over the dead bodies scattered throughout Hightower. We saw what presumably was what caused, or at least the like initial damage to Hightower Keep, high up on the bridge spanning the pass into the Stonespun Mountains. We also ran into several dragonborn, uh, one of which happened to have a very ornate wand that matches the description of one used by Ziggurat. So yeah, that's where we left off this flashback episode while Mark was out. In the previous episode, since that's so fresh in all of our minds, and I'm the only one with a definitive copy of it, unless John downloaded it too, Unless you watch the VOD on Twitch, which, by the way, each episode is up for about two weeks on Twitch. So just throwing that out there for our listeners, too. Yeah, why don't I let you two kick that around that last episode? Do you guys remember it? Yeah, yeah. I And unless Anne wants to discuss it. I was going to say, she's I got kind of... great notes. She does. They're also fashionable and cute. Fair enough. I don't. I don't have fashionable notes. <laughs> I'm a monster. Um, and multicolored. Most importantly, I wrote down because I forgot to earlier that the lizard's name is Rava. Rava. Yep. Um. So we found a book in the uh, cabin. With a with a note, a sigil. Uh, the note says, Dear Francis, we sent you to Hightower, heard no word, status report, or consequences. Our Lord is impatient. And it signed KM, and there was an ash smudge like a signature. And then we found a journal where the guy, assuming Francis, uh, was going to Hightower because he was, like, up and coming in the cult. And then he found a girl. And that's all I have. I can jump in. After reading the note, we decided to kind of dig through the house some more. Ended up finding Francis's journal, reading some information in there that 
made him seem less like a bad guy and more like a person that just is on that path towards growing as a human being until his life was taken to him by those same cult members. But yeah, beyond that, I thought we found something with the journal, but I don't remember what that was. Smut. Smut. We did find, yeah, uh, before we we left, uh, Ziggert burnt the cult member's body to the unfortunate result of a large burnt hand appearing in the ground around where their corpses were ended. Bad things popped up. Quill stayed inside, reorganized some books, and asked Story to grab the cool ones. To which he has a, did. he has a lot of smut in his well, backpack now. Not so much cool, but more hot. Hot. Yeah. <laughs> Caliente. Yeah. We ended up traveling down the road further, getting a good night's rest. And then when we woke up in the morning and we're getting ready to travel, there appeared an elf. It, like Ziggert, like uh, at the end of Ziggert's shift, which was he was getting ready to wake uh, Story and um, and Quill up, and that's where we left off. He like was turning around to go wake him up. They're not up yet, and an elf is there. One more note is that, um, and I don't know if it was mentioned while I was cleaning, the letters in this diary that we found had the letters K M in Ash to sign them. And it was like the the letter coming back uh, to the person who lived at that cabin or that house. So it was like the threatening letter, like, hey, you better, you know, there there is no leaving the family kind of thing. And sign letters KM in Ash with a sh- underscore. And we, we did, uh, I think, story new enough to link that back to um, the Lord of Ash, which is the figurehead for the burnt hand. And that's that. I think that puts a neat bow on everything. I think there was one other thing about the Lord of Ash in our flashback episode two. The main antagonist, the gentleman in the fur cloak with the antlers, black armor, made a rousing speech about Muriel being brought to the justice and the judgment put down by the Lord of Ash. I believe something along those lines. As we enter the scene here, I believe it was Ziggurat. Yeah, so Ziggurat um, sees the elf and like reaches for his wand, who where he usually keeps it like in his sleeve, and he, his hand is right there. He says, "Good one, mate. How can I help you?" And this elf is actually fairly recognizable. This would be an elf that you had probably encountered with your parents at one point in your encounters with the local druids. His name is Thramir. And you know that... Can we get a spelling? Sure. T-H-R-E-M-I-I-R. Thramir. Scribble, 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 scribble. Okay. He is a very ancient wizened elf and he has little bits of bone and carved wood woven into his long white hair his 
robes, if that's what you would call them, seem to be mostly woven out of all natural materials, different plant fibers and things like that. It's it's not fancy, but he has an air of being distinguished. You would briefly recall that he is some sort of leader amongst the druids. He looks exactly the same as when you saw him when you were a child. Druids, man. Ziggurat, like, still hand uh, in his wand. Ah, for me, it's been a while. Um, slowly take my hand off. Sorry. It's just a bit jumpy. What brings you here? Ziggurat. It has indeed been a long time for you, but dire times have come. I, I understand that you've encountered this newest threat to our woods. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you got my, uh, my lead, <laughs> um, but it, there's things dying everywhere. And like animals and their hearts are missing. Um, odd, right? Well, the town we were last in, Fort Hightower, uh, was not just animals, but little girls, humans. Um, the war medallions try to take the medallions off, they start on fire. Uh, ran into what I'm pretty sure is the burnt hand. Um, Unfortunately, had to dispatch one of them, and then pretty sure we saw the incarnate of Pelor die. When you look at Thramir, and as you're talking, he doesn't really seem to move like a normal person does. He just has this odd stillness about him. And when you're talking to him, unless you're really focusing on him, your eyes kind of move off like you're just you're looking at camouflage in the forest. He seems very much a part of the forest and seems to blend in supernaturally well. As you're speaking, you get to the part about the burnt hand and the hearts, and you just see the edges of his robes start to turn just a little bit brown, like wilted leaves, as I feared. I don't know how much you remember of my meetings with your parents. Uh, to be sure, I was a little kid, and uh, all you guys were doing was talking, so not much. Well, long, long before your parents were born, I was part of the council that leads or guides the movements of the druids and protects the elven settlement in the mountains. My time from there, I've long since retired from that post, but I've I've tried to bring this to the attention of the current leadership. But unfortunately, even elves have youthful pride, even when they're centuries old. And they don't think much of the most ancient of us. I was there the last time. The hand threatened thirst. I may have been younger then, but it is burned into my memory. 
So they're bad. They're so much worse than anything you could ever imagine. Only one threat in the history of Turst has ever been more severe. The blot. Looks down. Yeah. Well, uh, it's the news. Um, look, I'm here with these new friends I found. Um, we, uh, we are on our way to Bridgeton. Don't know what we'll find. Um, look, they don't know much, but between you and me, I'm also here looking for my parents. Uh, they left 10 years ago now. I haven't seen them yet. So, uh, they've always been more powerful than me, so I assume if I can find them, they're... And perhaps there can be allies. Dreamy looks at you. I don't know where exactly your parents went, but you need to investigate that. But don't let that stray from your current mission. Right. And we all um, go on to Bridgetown. I'm helping my friend Quill out here. Um, become more powerful and uh, learn in his magic ways. And through the process, hopefully we can help solve the problem going on here. Why don't you rouse your friends? Well, um, I, I cast Prince of Digitation, um, and I, uh, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to twin it, so uh, I no, I don't need to, actually. They're both within about 10 feet of me, so I'm just going to have fireworks pop over both their heads. Ha! Ha! Oi! Time to wake up. Uh, there's a guest here. Visitor. So at the first pop, how fast do I know where he is? Okay, yeah. So, I mean, you kind of groggily look around, and then... Holy shit, there's an old guy there. Uh, no, I'm I'm waking up to explosions. Blades are flying. Okay, are you are you actually throwing something at him? Uh, yes. I'm just trying to figure out how uh to throw a ball bearing. She's just gonna throw a dagger. Well, it it would be a a thrown weapon, and we'll just say it's like one d four. Okay. If it hits, so okay. you 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 just use a ranged bonus. Are you going for me? Because I'm the one who cast the spell. I'm going for whatever I can functionally find that just exploded over my head. Oh, well, I mean, the explosion was over your head. Yes. But she, I'm also aware of magic. And she doesn't like magic. I mean, she likes magic, but... Not when it's explodey, and I don't know what's going on. My armor class is 14. Okay, so I'm going to... Uh, 25. <laughs> it is. Ball bearing, so 1d4. Is what we what you said? Yep. Uh, two. It pegs me right in the right between the eyes. Oh. Uh, what? Well. Oh. Meanwhile, uh, Quill kind of just stretches out. Uh, Sage, I'm going to dunk your head in a water bucket again, and then kind of open my eyes a bit more. Oh, never mind. That was. Who is? Get up. Come on over here. Let me introduce you to our 
an old family friend of mine. You're getting lectured. I lots of hand flapping. You probably don't know what much of it is yet. Story. 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 A few of the one finger signs, though, are pretty recognizable. Yeah. There's a couple real clear signs. For me, um, this one over here points to story. Uh, story. Um, and uh, that one over there uh, is the tabaxi, is quill. Um, these are my adventuring partners. Story here, uh, she can hear us just fine, but um, she uses her hands to communicate. And um, Quill over there, um, he's uh, hard of sight, so um, just uh, Quill, that's all. Uh, Quill and Story, this is uh, Thramir. He's very wise, he's a druid, and knows a lot about what's going on in the woods around us. This whole region, really. Quill kind of give like a just a short bow in a direction that he assumes Zigrid is in. It's it's nice. Story aims him. Thank, thank you. It's um it's nice meeting uh, people from Zigrid's past. Uh, so you're also from the mountain range, then? Yes. Leans in and you just hear kind of this. Leaf rustle as he moves. A moon pool, right? Well, that's that's quite impressive. Yes, yes. I've been there in a a little while. Home, that is. But I went to study at the academy for a short period of time. Yes, he goes, um, once, many, 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 many moons ago, I had some acquaintances at the academy. Oh. That was a long time ago. And unfortunately, relations between my people and the academy are not as cozy as they once were. Have you have you been out to the sands then? Oh yes. Yes. I likely met um probably your grandparents or some such nonsense. Long, long before you were born. Um, I forget. Uh, forgive me for asking, but how long do you live? It varies. Uh, normal lifespans. It's short if we encounter something that doesn't like us too much. Yes, that's what I did remember. I was hoping I remembered wrong. Fond of British subjects. You're from the Academy. Briefly. Uh, there was... A difference of opinion. That's not true. Uh, there was an accident, and I had to leave. And he sits still for a moment. Oftentimes, trees in the forest crack, but oftentimes they heal and they're stronger than ever. Don't let that history break you down. That is my hope. Thank you for the wise words, though. Well, some cranky old men spout off enough nonsense, eventually they're going to say something right. And he turns 
back to Zigrid. You said you're on your way to Bridgeton. Yes. Um, figure we would stock up here in Dogglebin. Uh, you get supplies and hit the main road down Ragoon, um, Mathenus, and Bridgeton. I wonder if perhaps you might do me a slight favor when you restock near Dogobin. Anything. Well, anything within my power. There seems to be a slight misunderstanding between a few colorful characters and some of the residents of Dogobin. Let's say they're trying to smoke them out of the woods, and that's rather upsetting. I have other matters that I need to attend to, but perhaps you'd help an old family friend. And he gives you this look that is pretty clearly, a, this is a stretch. He knows that you're not that close, but... Right. I mean, familiar face is a familiar face, so he says, well... <sighs> Anything. Um, much appreciated. If you could. And I know you said you haven't seen him. But if you happen to get word of my parents, um, even whereabouts, have magical dragon bones somewhere, send us a message, will you? Yes, of course. If I'm being completely open with you. I, I'm afraid I likely know more than you do in this respect. However, I've I've given my word that I I can't disclose much more, but keep looking. You're headed down the right path. <laughs> it does me good to hear that. I thought I was being foolish by leaving. Um, however, Thank you. And it gives you kind of a sad smile. Of course. Tomorrow, I imagine you'll go into town. What passes for town here? Stay on your toes. The residents are not as friendly as they used to be, unfortunately. A product of the times, as it were. Humans? Uh, mostly. Say no more. If you could somehow manage to stop these short-lived idiots from lighting things on fire, um, <laughs> I'd, I'd appreciate that. I mean, fire in and of itself restores, rejuvenates, but sometimes it just leaves ash. And he leaves those last few words and you can sense kind of this deeper meaning behind it, but you can't quite fathom what it is. And it just, it's tickling something in the back of Ziggurat's head, but he, he just can't quite get it. Yeah. Well, trouble will, my friend. Um, it's good seeing you. Yes, you too. It's, it's always a pleasure. Should you find your parents 
or anyone else. Uh, give them my best. We'll likely see each other, hopefully under better circumstances. Sure. Yeah. Good life. He nods um, something in a language that uh, Story and and Zigrid likely wouldn't recognize, but is very familiar to Quill. Is it Sylvan or Elvish? Um, probably Sylvan. Or not. Oh, I know it. Oh, you do. Okay, well. I grew up around that. <laughs> yeah, he would just give this kind of traditional moon pools greeting um, in a different language that he wanted something that uh, Quill specifically would be able to get a taste of home for. As the dawn starts to strengthen, he stands and he melts into the forest. Strange fellow, that. Anyway, sorry to wake you so abruptly. Um, well, what do you say we pack up and get on our way? Dawn is here. I, I wouldn't mind uh, a spot of breakfast before we head out. Sure. Right. Speaking of, uh, might as well have that kind of thing taken care of us so we don't have to work too hard. Uh, story, if you wouldn't mind teaching me a bit more. Well, then, uh, oh, sure. She teaches explosive and rude. Wake up. <laughs> <laughs> Story, can you do a perception check for me? I can. 22. You notice two little root tendrils that are trying to tie your shoes together? Well then. Stand a little wider. Leg to pie. <laughs> Slice at them a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Stupid elf. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jackass. And then at the tail end, Quill will, will thank her. Yeah, I, I assume my unseen servant does its job, packs us up, gets us prepared for the road, and I send him back to where he belongs. <laughs> Another dimension. Well, unseen servant just goes back to nothingness. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's 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 not like Rava, who has a wife and family that you keep <laughs> pulling him from routinely. <laughs> he's gone again. <sighs> One of these times we're going to do a one shot and it's just going to be of Rava's family on the demi plane. Use, uh, <laughs> use all those new Faye stat blocks for the witch light book. Yes. Oh, it'd be great. Yeah. So you guys are kind of heading out then. Yeah. And I think you mentioned it was like a, about a half day's journey at this point. Let's just basically wake up and get there probably afternoon or so. Assuming. Well, assuming nothing goes wrong along the way. The morning goes along uneventfully, but as you get closer and closer to Dogelbun, you start to smell smoke, and it just hangs heavy in the air. You notice that the air is a little hazier. As you pass some of the clearings, it appears that there's been recent brush fire. It soon becomes very apparent what Thermir was talking about. For whatever reason, the residents of Dolgobun, at least some of them, have been starting fires. They're trying to flush someone or something 
out of the woods, the colorful characters, as Thramir put it. You don't really see sign of anyone, but it's very clear that people have been around and obviously they've, they've been lighting these fires. Could you do a survival check for me, Zigrit? Sure can. With advantage. Oh, yeah, I can do that. I'll just roll one more time. Uh, first one was 18, a natural 19, so 22 total. I have to be proficient. Nice. With a 22, as you start to get towards the outskirts where more and more of these brush fires are, you see small little wood signs that people have been through these kind of burnt out areas after the brush fire. Little twigs hanging from grass, slices and trees of bark or moss, little piles of stones here and there that aren't immediately noticeable um, as you're passing, but they just kind of, they're standing out to you as signs that that someone might send to somebody else if you're out in the woods. Does, and... does it look like druidcraft to me? No, no not particularly. Okay. It stands out as something someone is trying to signal to someone else either where to go or where not to go. I see. Okay. I point that out to Zigrit and, or to, I'm Zigrit, pointed out to Story and to Quill. <laughs> um, and, and just kind of describe to Quill exactly what I'm seeing just so he kind of get a sense of, you know, a little tower of rocks left over there, marks on the trees, um, burnt trees. And just kind of like low brush fires and just like get I'm letting them know that I get the sense that there's um, these uh, not like controlled fires to keep weeds at bay. These are uh, they're trying to flush someone out here. No, well, uh, we, we could get some information, see what's going on. Maybe head into town. Um, I mean. We are low on rations anyway. And maybe it's better to do our shopping here before we make a mess. Yeah, let's do that first. Story nods. So, um, yeah, I kind of take us towards the direction of town more. Like, noting all these these points and wanting to come back, but also, like, knowing what Thramir told us, thinking, mm, we might piss the locals off doing what he asked. So let's just... Uh, let's. Let's do the stuff we need to do first, and then we'll uh, take a look around. Okay. So as you enter Dogobin, um, the first thing that stands out is low mounds kind of built up along the road. And small wooden doors are entrenched into the side of these mounds. There are a few houses interspersed, but they're more like shanties. Even in comparison to Hightower, these are not nice houses. They're dwellings. Dogobin is situated on a river in a larger lake. You do see a set of rickety docks with a few boats. Most of the boats are pretty ramshackle. They're more rafts than anything, but you do see one or two like actual like river boats that are of a, like a decent size that might hold, you know, a dozen people on a small trip laden down with cargo. 
but you would know that those need to stick to the lake or the larger rivers. You do see a couple of smaller, like, canoe-style canoes. <laughs> and interspersed, you see a mixture of humans and very short halflings and even a few gnomes. When you say very short halflings, do you mean like shorter than we might be used to? Even for halflings, they're short. Okay. Okay. I'm realizing now as I say that, Ziggert's probably only come across a couple that he's maybe seen on the road or something, but mostly he's probably not seen many halflings. Definitely not seen. No, I would have seen gnomes. Yeah, probably at some point, even even if they're just like gnomes kind of interspersed throughout the mountains. But, you know, you you wouldn't have been to like a gnome community or anything like that. Um, it looks like it's a pass-through town, uh, judging by. I'm just kind of describing again all this to Quill, like the boats and you know, cargo boats. And, and it looks like this is not more than a few days stop for most people. Uh, probably not much more industry here than the trade. Well, um, I guess I wander up to the nearest being that I see. Oi, um, any place we could do some trade around here? Is there any particular type of person that you're wandering up to? Um, uh, it would be whatever, who, whomever I see first. It would, it would be literally first what I would assume as an adult being. Probably a human, because they're taller. Probably, yeah. They're a little wary. You speak. It was really slow. Don't breathe fire on me. Um, right. Well, uh, you're in luck. Uh, I'll breathe ice. Oh, oh, you. Okay. I just lizard. I just assumed you'd have like the small brain. You think I'm a kobold? I wasn't going to say that, but kobold. You know, kobolds like like their height, and I point at a halfling. (laughs) And the halfling goes, who are you calling a half? Who are you calling a kobold? I'm just, it's a size comparison. (laughs) As I look down on the human. They're all little for you. (laughs) Story turns to Quill and goes, it's really interesting how he can get his foot in his mouth, and then realizes Quill doesn't, uh, can't see my hand or under. Like, I probably wouldn't understand all of it, but you might have taught me some of the words. You understand foot. (laughs) (laughs) And then you think back to all the smut novels, and you're like... Dragon. I think we could, because, you know, I would have tried... Yeah, that's fair. Dragon, because he is a dragonborn. And then foot and mouth, and hopefully Quill would be smart enough to understand the dragon is putting his foot in his mouth again. Right, well, uh, look. Yes, I can talk. The bird person can talk, and the cat person can talk. We all can talk. Okay, I'll, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. I mean, you. What? 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 What can I do for you? Listen, we're hoping for a place to trade some goods. We have some goods here, and uh, we're looking to acquire some, uh, perhaps rations, adventuring gear. Um, any place we could go for that? Sure. What's uh, what's your price range? 
well, uh, oh, <laughs> we have some things to sell. Uh, just things we picked up along the way. And I, like, hold up, like, a, a scimitar that was kind of on my pack. Weaponry, armor, just things we don't need ourselves. And as far as price range go, um, cheaper the better. Well, his eyes get real wide as you pull out the uh, the scimitar. He goes, well, welcome to Charlie's Emporium and more. Come on, come on, <laughs> come on down to the lake and down to the down by the docks. It's it's the shack and it's got a sign. It says Charlie's on it. Just right. I'll be right there. I promise. And uh-huh. then one of the halfling over here goes, no, 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 no. Can I insight check on Charlie to see like how genuine you absolutely can. Oh, well, it's a 10. Yeah. So he seems like he just wants to get you the best okay. deal he can. You see one of the, the, the gnomes uh, looks at him and, and yeah, d- no, no, not Charlie. No, what you want, you want Libblebins, Libblebins outfitters that's what you want to go to he's not this guy no he's a crook he's a crook you know, uh, can i i'm just gonna just him? say like i'll have a friend here yeah uh, just let, let me confer with my partners look at where it's story and say listen you know who's full of shit who's not what do you think i think he's totally trustworthy with that well, floor <laughs> You totally believe that they both think they can give you the best deal possible. Mm-hmm. Two great um, guys. Super great. All right, Flibblebin. <laughs> Let me ask you. When you saw us, did you think that perhaps we were wild? And he leans in and he goes, you know, I didn't think you were a stupid human like that moron. Right? Story expresses something offensive in thieves camp. Do a perception check. Pen. They don't seem to pick up on what you're putting down. I lost my pen. So would you like to go to Flibblebin's Outfitters or Charlie's Emporium and more? Quill kind of like reaches out with his uh, staff, kind of pokes both of them and points. <laughs> I'm, I'm used to uh I'm used to people being shady if you uh, no catch my drift when it comes to merchants at least uh, so let's how about I try something please uh listen uh, this is uh, uh I'm good with people but um they, uh, they both seem pretty trustworthy to me just turned into a southern guy right there that deep southern right. dragonborn Oh, I will step forward. I will summon Mage Hand and kind of have it float my what remains of my coin purse into the air. Uh, it's it's such a shame with uh, the money I have that uh, honestly, the both of you sound so correct, but I really wonder which one of you would help me find the things that I need. Both of them look a little terrified that the money is now floating, but both of them are looking at it and, you know, it's it's almost like when it, you have a hot dog and you've got a couple dogs sitting around you, they're just like 
following it with their heads. Um, looks like they're both hungry for it. Based on how uh, quiet you both are, I expect that fine deals await us at either location. Is there any incentive deals bundles that either one of you would have that could aid us? The one you presume to be flibbled in, just as you know, odd twenty percent off. It's this. It's the weirdest happenstance. You just happen to be here at the right time. You know, it's it. it, it hmm. Yeah, just a great sale going on right now. We, you know, uh, uh, I'll I'll even throw in uh, a free match. Yeah, a free match. Yeah. I press tape fire on my fingertip. Yeah, see? This guy gets it. Yeah. Yeah, fire. <laughs> yeah. And the guy who you presume to be Charlie goes, uh, you know, I've got a nice uh, shiny bobble here. And he holds up like a little piece of glass. He's like, this is just the rarest of of stones from the nearest volcano. And the name escapes my mind right now, but I got this from a passing trader, and it's very valuable. But, you know, for you, I'll make a deal. Hmm, sure. Well, um, it's a beautiful thing, is that bubble is. Um, we're looking for a place we could stock up on, like, rations, um, that sort of thing. And both of them at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I can help you with that. And then they um, glare at each other. <laughs> and then Charlie turns back to you, but Flubabin, he just jumps on Charlie. They just start fighting each other, just going to town. Flubabin's on his back, ripping his hair out, and they kind of lose you for a moment. Um, mm-hmm. Story would like to look around for any other people around. She wants to find the person who is most disgusted with these two. <laughs> Go ahead, do another perception check for me, Story. 14. 14. So down by the docks, you happen to see a couple of halflings sitting around one of the rafts, and they've got a decent amount of cargo on their raft. They're just kind of looking and they're they're shaking their heads. You know, one slaps the other guy. It's like this fucking idiot, you know, and story's going to just walk up to them and write a note. That does the, the basic. I can hear. I can't speak. Where can we get some decent priced rations? Shows it to the guy. One of the halflings kind of comes forward. He goes. You should never have even started talking to those two. It's just it's it's a hot mess. This is every Tuesday. They do this. It doesn't even matter if it's someone local. They think they can talk them into shit. It's the stupidest thing ever. You, you just hear screaming from Flibblebin and Charlie in the background. And they're they're actually throwing shit at each other over the path um, from each other's stalls. I, I've got some rations I can sell you. It's 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 fine. We we just we brought a good haul in from the next town uh, up the river. If, if you guys need some stuff, I've I've got a few things. Okay, she waves down her guy. Zero walks over and 
like kind of unfurls his pack and says, uh, this is quieter over here. Yeah. How you doing, mate? Um, I'm guessing you're the person to buy uh, and sell to? Yes, uh, d- it depends what you've got. He goes, I'm, I'm Killian. Um, you know, this is, this is my crew. Um, we just, we run cargo up and down the river here. Um, we, we just have a small route that we, we do some trading with a couple of settlements on the way. Well, um, I've got some leather armor and uh, take out two, like, things of leather armor that I had gotten from, I think, that the two people we killed uh, slightly used. Um, but it is functional. That blood will clean right up. And um, scimitar. Not used at all, at least on me. Yeah, absolutely. I'll give you some decent coin for that. Fair. Fair coin. Your friend mentioned some need of just general supplies too, or yeah, we're looking on going on a um on a trip. Uh, at least uh, I don't want to speak for my compatriots, but um, heading down south and uh, have a ways to go. I can forage, um, but you know feel feel more comfortable with with rations and meat, real food. So okay. that plus um. I'm actually going to look at a shop list real quick. Sure. Quill continues to revel in the suffering of these two merchants. They are continually like screaming and kicking. <laughs> it's it's kind of escalated now. Charlie's lit something on fire and and tossed it at Flibblebin's stall, and Flibblebin is hurriedly trying to put it out. As as anyone like grab me to pull me towards this. I'm just standing here listening to these two uh two ding dong. As you're as you're watching, I kinda I, I speak in a like a low tone and I say, uh look, uh it's a long shot. Do you happen to have any scrolls? Yes oof. Like magic scrolls. I uh, I I can't I can't help you there. I, it's that's that's tough to come by. That's tough to come by here. It's fair. Um, I've come across just random people who've had them. Thought I'd ask. No problem. Um, at the point where Story would see that Quill's still back there, she would try like whistling. Oh, he would. He would hear that. But <laughs> so yeah, at this point, with a big wide grin on his face, he would come down. That was quite fun, actually. And you would recognize a smattering of curses in different languages. Uh, coming from the gnome in particular, uh, at from Flibblebin at Charlie as he's trying to put the fire to his stall out. Not often. I, I feel people deserve a little bit of comeuppance, but those two. <laughs> but uh... um, story also writes a quick note to a cigarette. Should we see if we could get a ride at some point from these folk who go up and down the river after we complete? other things in the in the village? Ziggurat kind of looks hesitantly and says, um, we could. It perhaps could be a faster trip. Uh, I was kind of hoping to actually hit some of the towns on the way down. Okay. Uh, personal reasons. Mm-hmm. Ziggurat, uh, it, it seems that, well, while uh, perusing the fine books that story grabbed me, 
I, uh, I found, well, a section of my backpack that I apparently had checked. Uh, I have a fair amount more rations than I originally thought I did. So I, I think I'm, I'm somewhat well stocked for at least a week or so, if not more. Right. Well, um, let me sell you these here. And um, perhaps I, I could buy about 14 days rations just for myself. And uh, what about tents? Do you have any tents? Uh, <laughs> we've been uh, sleeping out in, in our rocks. But and this, this happening, he's like, yeah, yeah, I've, I've got a couple tents. He goes, you know, any, just about any kind of basic supplies you can think of, we probably come across. Right. Well, um, he, you can have this armor. Um, wh- what do you think is fair for the armor and the scimitar? Two leather armor. Full sets. Story, I wasn't around. Uh, did we ask about the other thing we're in town for? Will puts his hand out. Uh, she says, yeah, not yet. Oh. Wait, do you have the lizard? Not out, no. Okay. Uh, she's going to sign lizard to you so she can write you a, a note. Yes. That's uh, a little bit out here. There we go. Lizard. Uh, she's going to quick write, going to finish the purchase before we piss off the villager. Ah. Uh. Okay. Yes. The halfling, he offers to pay you seven gold for each. Or are you selling them both leather armors or just one? Two. Yeah, both of them. Two. He will, for two, he'll give you seven gold each. Okay. And the scimitar? Yeah. And the scimitar? Uh, scimitar, he will give you. That looks pretty nice. Uh, I'll give you 20. Right, it's a deal. Um, and before we conclude the transaction, I was looking to buy three tents um, in 14 days rations. He will give you like a 20% discount because you're getting a fair amount of stuff. Okay, so it was 34. Four gold then for the two leather armor and the scimitar, minus I. What, what's the cost per tent? A two-person tent is. I don't want to. Well, I might as well just add it to your. Not tentacle rod. Wow. No, thank you. Oh, good. <laughs> it's in one of those. Uh, <laughs> we've turned into that from one of those books. Uh, yeah, that's. Hey, uh, I have a book about that actually. <laughs> Spe- speaking of uh, well, since we're do- here doing trade would you happen to have any use for any parts <laughs> probably like four or five smut books uh, like pulls them out of his bag I uh or he looks highly offended I, I read most of them I'm if you could read the titles off to me I, I would probably keep the ones I haven't read yet going back to the tents he'll offer you Two gold and five silver per tent. tent? Okay. So that'd be six, six, seven and a half gold. 
Uh, and I look over at Story and um, Quill and say, uh, these tents are on me, but uh, he, um, and I hand them off to the two of them. So it's, what did we say, 34 minus seven and a half is 20 and a half. Thank you very much. No, 26 and a half. And then, how much for the rations then? So how many rations were you getting? 14 days. 14 days. So seven. So, seven. Seven. So yeah, it's be like eight gold. Okay, sure. Um, he's he's got a he's got a surplus of that. He's trying to he's trying to offload it. He's legitimately giving you a clearance deal. <laughs> These All rations right. must go. <laughs> so yeah, are we are we buying for two weeks worth of just just for for Ziggurat. This is the sell by date, but um, they expire. They're close to expiration, so I'm cutting you a deal. Um, all right, so that gives me eighteen and a half, eighteen gold, and five silver pieces back in my pocket. Boom! I'll take those out of my inventory. All right, all right. Well, uh, it's it for me. Thank you much for your business. Dory wanted a nice dagger. Are there? Cool dagger. She likes daggers. He will pull out a dagger. Okay, well, while he's looking at daggers, I write a quick note to Cigarette going, Are we going to be two weeks to the next town? Oh, should, but... should I also get this? Um, It's just just in case. Oh, I like to get enough rations in case we get into a tight spot. Uh, I'll, I can forage too. Um, we been sustaining off of rabbits and squirrels the last few days. Um, just nice to have some dry jerky. You know, things like that. Bread, flour. He will pull out a finely made dagger. It would be, as you carry it, it just has an unnaturally fine balance to it as he hands it to you. And you can just tell there's something just a little special. Perfectly balanced as all things should be. She kind of how much? I feel it's important to mention that I uh, I just added to my game notes smut book titles. These yeah of, of like fine dagger is pretty nice. He's gonna start with offering six hundred gold for it. Uh, Story tries real hard to not do like a big gulp. <laughs> Gently hands it back to him very carefully, like it's super fragile. <laughs> very carefully. Not going to try to sleight of hand it into your pack and hand him a stick instead. Oh, hang on. Uh, she's going to go. The same rations, same ration. <laughs> and then fuck yeah, she's going to try to sleight of hand. So how much is the rations? Uh, what did we say? That was eight uh, gold for two weeks. Yeah. Do this. You have a bag of a thousand ball bearings. Yeah, I do. Sorry, nine hundred and sixty-nine ball bearings. Yeah. Jabus. It's a lot of ball bearings. And I have actually been keeping track of how many I give away. Like, you weren't joking. I thought you were exaggerating a little bit when you said a shit ton of daggers. <laughs> You've got a lot of daggers. Yeah. They they each weigh four pounds. <laughs> One pound. 
one pound each. That was four. No, one. One pound. Roll twenty's been lying to me. What's what's one pound each? The daggers. daggers. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes you have to throw them, and they don't come back. That's a good point. Did uh, did Zigrid give her back the one that she threw at him and hit him with? Which one? In his forehead, apparently. Oh, that was just a ball bearing. That was a ball. Oh, bearing. That was a ball bearing. That's right. Mm-hmm. You just rolled the dagger just yeah, because. Because that's what I had to throw. Yeah. Because math. Yeah. yeah. I don't do. I was an art student. And then fuck yeah, I'm gonna try to slide a hand. I'm gonna take one of my daggers that is like as close to the same weight as I can and try to switch them. Okay. Big big money, no whammies. Oh boy. This is gonna be steep. No risk, no reward. Are you ready? Gotta risk it for the biscuit. I'm ready. I'm waiting. Nineteen. Okay. Without even looking, he kind of looks back like, yeah, I knew she wasn't going to buy it. Like, slips it back into one of his bags. Doesn't seem to notice at all. We're going to piss him off anyway. (laughs) So, about these books, any interest? He pages through, kind of looks at you, like, closes it. (laughs) Sure, I can... Find a market for this one somewhere. Did you see that shit? Hey, but what was the name of it? The Hansy Beholder. Uh, <laughs> I, I haven't actually. I haven't read that one. I, <laughs> it's, I, I just imagine Quill's like. Whoa, 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 mm, mm. <laughs> I love the fact that he's like, story like got him for got them for him just just. Because she's a shitty little sister. And now, like, it clicks in her mind, like, oh, so this is the only gift I need to give him. No. <laughs> Not like this. <laughs> There's probably, like, two out of the five books that Story put in his bag that he hasn't read yet. In my head, like, all of these books are, like, Ichi manga. And it's all, like, just really dirty. Like, the tickling tacticula. <laughs> Shit like that. They don't have to be long. And books are expensive to make. Books are expensive to make. And a smart book really doesn't need to be super long. If we're basing this on Midwestern culture, it really doesn't have to be long. Just like a pamphlet, really. So he looks through like he blushes a little bit and he's like, I don't know if I have a market for some of these. But let's say he'll offer you how many do you have? Uh, I'll be selling him three of the five I have because I think that's what story grabbed five books. He will offer you he'll give you a gold for the uh, tantalizing tenticula book. Yes, he will offer you three gold for the handsy beholder. I can't believe I'm saying this in my furious, dramatic podcast. I'm keeping that one. Keeping You're keeping that one? Yeah, he ups the ante to five gold pieces. That's uh, fine. Fine. I, I, I can find it. Copy. That's... He'll offer you like a gold for the last one. 
So the tentacle tentacle. Yeah. Uh, so all in all, seven gold. Yep. Thank you for not asking for the title. I'll make one up on my own. Yes. Uh, thank you. I'll, if if you wouldn't mind, I, I'd be willing to trade a couple of them for a little extra rations. Uh, probably the two besides the handsy beholder. And then take the gold for that one. It hurts my brain a little bit. Every time one of those titles is said, I'm not going to lie. Hey, Steve. Yeah? It's now in the bird's head that he likes these books. Oh, good God. You should probably make a list. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you're keeping uh, track of these names, aren't you, John? Yeah, yeah. Literally the first thing we... Okay, the first thing when we get to Bridgeton that Quill will do is probably ask about a magic shop and then a bookstore to find a copy of the Hansy Beholder that he can he can get and read eventually. Yeah, there's no bookstores in Dogelbun, but, but yeah, maybe maybe in Bridgeton. So is there anything else you guys want to trade that's not? Nope, nope, that's good. I think it's good. Okay. No one said it would be this kind of podcast to Mark. <laughs> no one said it would be this kind of podcast to Steve, but he should have expected it because of the players. <laughs> Because you're like, all oh, this serious podcast, do, do you know your friends? True. It's true. What other types of things do you want to do in town? At this point, like, now that we've kind of gotten just a few things to get us good on the road, Ziggert kind of looks back to the story and, uh, and Quill and goes, uh, well, ready to solve the mystery? Maybe help some forest friends? Not deal in porn? Excuse me, high-end erotica. I feel like someone's going to commission the Hansy Beholder now, and I'm not proud of that fact. I 100% want that. a printout of the Hansy Beholder cover. For our audience, I do write, but the cost is uh, very high on our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> that is now a new Patreon tier. Say that again, Mark, because I only caught half of it before the smut got... Yeah, no. Uh, we just want to move on and try to investigate for what's going on. Like, what are they... Try to find somewhere... Um, maybe ask these two guys, like... Um, oh, thanks much for the exchange here. Just curious. Smoke and the flames. What's this all about? couple of the, the gnomes and then the halflings. A couple of weeks back, there was an incident. There, there were some orcs that were sighted. And, you know, orcs, you know, halflings and gnomes, they, just, they don't get along. So um, just trying to flush them out. They got to be bandits or something. So just because they're orcs. You know, from what I hear, they're always up no good. So, at least that's that's what the gnomes and the halflings are saying. I, you know, honestly, I've never met a bandit orc, but yeah, it's it's got it's a thing. It's really a thing. Right. Uh, well, uh, the the gentleman who first greeted me. The first words out of his mouth was, please don't breathe fire on him. 
um, to me. Obviously, I don't live here. There's a reason right. for that. Small right. town, right. small mind. Right. So, you don't necessarily think that just because it's an orc means it's a criminal, no? I'm doing business with you, aren't I? I don't even know what you are. I've never seen someone like you, but I see a lot of weird shit up in Bridgeton, you know, up in Noyesport. If you've got coin, right, well, I've got goods. Well, you've just done business with a dragonborn. Ah. A tabaxi. Uh, Call uh, Scaly Dragonborn. Gotcha. Right. Yes. Uh, and by the way, uh, <laughs> some do breathe fire. However, it's not always the case. Some breathe acid, some breathe lightning. <laughs> Those are interesting ones. Mean blokes. You don't want to mess with them. Uh, some breathe ice. And as I do, just a little bit of steam just comes out of my mouth. He pauses for a minute. Now, you say acid. Now, like, my roommate back in Noyesport, he... No, no, no. <laughs> like the green shit that gets on your clothes and melts it. Got So not the green shit that yeah. melts your brain. I gotcha. Okay, Wrong. we're on the same no. page now. Thank no. you for the clarification. I thought for just a second that you could hook me up with some of your buddies and we could make some real coin. I know some druids. That'll give you... <laughs> so, uh, don't discount that, but no. Um, regardless. First porn and now drug pushing. <laughs> Story is finding this quite humorous. <laughs> Right. <clears throat> well, thanks for business. Uh, we're going to talk to some of these um, minuscule brain locals. Have a good day. And um, I hope you're glad you met your first dragonborn today. Cheers. Okay. Sticks his hand out. <laughs> Up. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine very much it's like a little kid shaking your hand. Yeah. He's like, nice to meet. Coin back and forth, goods, they unload, they give it to you, and then they kind of move on with their day. If you want to read about Acid Breathing Dragonborn, the last book you picked up, The Deletant Dragonborn, that one. Right. <clears throat> well, uh, make our way towards, I guess, deeper into town and. Uh, I don't know if there's like a tavern or anything like a, a common area, but I guess we're just kind of looking around for something like that uh, to ask some questions. You go down towards the docks and when I say docks, it's it's not like it's a whole like slew of docks. It's not like a marina or anything like that. There's maybe five or six docks. They're pretty shoddy. But you do see a large raft that's been converted into a makeshift tavern. One corner of it's kind of sunken into the water, but it's got a couple candles you see on a sign, and it's misspelled. Tavern, 
and Vern is V-U-R-N. They did their best. It's not their fault. It's on a raft. It's small. It's scaled down to halfling size. And the stools and the tables are small. But they've got a few candles. They've got this colorful misspelt sign. A bartender. Kind of like in there. Good eye. Um, just curious. Walking through town here, um, saw some fire, and you guys burning down the forest around you. Looking to expand. I'll be honest with you. This is this has always just kind of been a pass through for people. We we get people in, we get people out. There's people trying to trade. Most of the time. If if there's someone that doesn't live here, they're either trading or hawking something or they're they're trying to run away from something. So the few people that live here, they're just they're trying to get by. They're not the brightest. If they were really smart and they wanted to make money, then they just go to Bridgeton or they travel up and down the river like those yokels. There's some. Some pretty stupid people here that are there was an altercation a couple weeks ago a, a couple of big beefy boys came in here i say in here on here and they just about sank my boat and i you know i built this for smaller people and they're not smaller they're big you know, I even offered to just, you know, if you guys can just haul it up on shore a little bit so I don't sink my raft, that'd be great. Some of the some of the smaller folk, they, they kind of. They didn't take kindly to getting wet. There was a bar fight. And and one really drunk bloke died. And ever since then, some of the gnomes and halflings, they've been kind of up in arms. There's some. Old beef between them and, and some of the bigger fellas. And I, I, I'm just trying to make a living. They tore up my raft. You know, I know my raft's not nice, but I had to repaint my sign. You know how hard it is to spell tavern? I, I see. It's like, it's like 10 letters. Right. Um, <laughs> you have to put them in the right order, too. Yeah. Writes it out. Writes it out nice and clear. And it to him you know that's a common misconception that that's an e i paid someone to do that for me and i paid a lot of money for that that's i think you're wrong mm, was, it, was that someone fibbleman you know no i think his name was charlie oh. ah, Char charlie i don't he was a taller fella quill's gonna look through rava's eyes at this at this word Mm, no, you should get your money back. It doesn't even say like T A V. It says just says T V U R N. Well, Tavern. We've uh, we're well traveled folk around here. Um, let me tell you this spelling that uh, my friend Story wrote here. This one is the one that gets the mo most customers. And he just kind of pauses, and you see him kind of look over, over at the the path where uh, Flibblebin and Charlie's shops are kind of their shanties are kind of set up across from each other. And he goes, 
Charlie, you son of a bitch. Right. I oh, know. Common misconception that this felon is the one that gets your customers. Anyway. And he goes, just excuse me for just a minute. Wait, wait, wait. And and you just see, like, he walks off. He's got someone that's kind of helping him out, like, bussing tables and shit. And you see he's got a bottle of something. And he's, like, pushing a piece of cloth into it. Yeah. Wait, wait, mate. <laughs> he's, he's got a flint and steel. And he lights it on fire. Oh, and no. you just see him, like, chuck it at Charlie's stand. As he chucks it, I want to cast Prestidigitation to snuff the flame on the bottle. Uh, story quick. Quick writes down a note uh, for for Ziggurat saying, maybe we should talk to the people in the forest. First, I'll uh, I'll press a digitate to snuff the flame on the on the bottle. So the bottle lands, shatters on the ground ne- right next to, it, and kind of the liquid splashes up on Charlie's emporium and more. What the fuck? Mate. If you want to... Every time you talk, he's just like, holds a finger up. He's like, just just a sec. And he takes his flint and steel and he's... <laughs> no, no. Uh, um, and I, like, I, I'm like, every time the flame comes out, I just press the digitate and snuff it. And I start to get, like, a little angry and ice steam kind of comes up my nose when I say, Mate, look. Wait a sec. You burn his place down, he's going to retaliate, and you're going to have some floating burning logs there instead of a tavern. Can you roll an intimidate? I sure can. Fuck. A seven. God, it's my best stat. <laughs> well, the problem is, is you have, you have a, a bird who's trying to get your attention. To, let's, let's just... This is true, yeah, she's distracting me hard to look tough when somebody's like pulling on you but, but yes uh, uh Ziggert, uh i i think it's probably better for us to just as much as i enjoy this fine town and it's fine <sighs> people they did it they did it themselves we we should go talk to the people in the forest they might have a little bit more nuanced view of things I cast Prestidigitation and light the fire he was trying to light. It's like, hey, you happy? And out as we walk away. Flames just shoot up. Um, Whatever he had was pretty potent. And just from the like kind of acrid smell from it. it, Yeah, it was it probably would have made you blind anyways. If you try to drink it, you just hear this this kind of high pitched scream from the stall and you see Charlie just run out and his clothes are on fire. He's like, ah, swearing and in different languages. And then, um, what's his name? Flibblebin. Flibblebin. Just ordinary as all hell. God damn it. Charlie keep the fuck down. And he just leaps across the road and he's just beating him with a stick. Ah, small towns. Very classy folk here. Um, Glad we stopped. Uh, well, uh, story. Quill, should we go find ourselves some orcs? I, I think they might be more reasonable, honestly. I think you might be right. You guys are going to wander out of town then? 
Yeah. All right. As you wander out, it's it it can't be that too terribly long. It's probably one two o'clock. If we were speaking in cinematic terms, our camera would kind of pan off into the woods. And it's kind of swampy here, this close to the lake. In the bushes, a pair of greenish eyes reflect back out of the bush. And that's where we're going to close for tonight, for this episode last legs thank you everyone for listening (laughs) um to our smut drugs and podcast apparently hey we we had zero drugs involved in this we did very well all right well let's do our closing then since we're doing that because we remember all the time because we're responsible podcasters that's right If you enjoyed tonight's podcast, please give us a follow here on Twitch or more importantly, follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. In Absentia is found on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you would listen to any type of audio story. Or... If you want to donate to us, go to www.ubergeekmedia.com. Click the donate button. Find our Patreon on Patreon. um, And our site is Uber Geek Media. Once again, signing out for the night. My name is Steve. I'm the GM for In Absentia. You can find me on Twitter at Uber Geek Media. And with me tonight, we had John. Yes, I'm John. You can find me at Seasonal Bard. You can also find me here tomorrow from 6 to 9 Central, tormenting some of these people. Whoop, whoop. And Anne. I'm Anne. I will also be here tomorrow from 6 till 9. You can find me as the Crafty Heathen. I check it more than once a month on any of your uh, social media. And Mark. I'm Mark. I've been Zigrit, and you can find me here. And I will also be uh, part of the other session. And I hope you all enjoyed it. Have a great rest of your whatever you're doing. And we may or may not record Mark cleaning up dog hork. So you all have a fantastic night. Enjoy in absentia. Enjoy the Wolfswood. Tomorrow from six to what time? Nine central. Nine. Sure. Nine central. You will stop at nine o'clock. I totally believe that. <laughs> I promise. I I make. Oh god. He's super serials, guys. Come on. I'm gonna fry real hard this time. If he does stop at nine, we're gonna shove it in your face so hard. If I were a betting man. Nothing makes me work harder on a promise than being right. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) You do like to rub it in my face when I'm wrong. Sometimes, yeah. Most of the time, let's be honest. Laters.